Hey everyone, this is Danielle Gervino, and I'm the New York-based life and style blogger behind DanielleGervino.com. With a few successful years of blogging under my belt and a background in marketing and design, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the industry and sharing my tips and tricks for growing your brand. We'll chat productivity and design, social media, brand partnerships, growth, and more. I'm dishing out my honest, unfiltered advice and exclusive actionable strategies for monetizing your influence. This is Blogging Unscripted. Hi guys, how are you? I know it's been a while since you've listened to a new episode of Blogging Unscripted, but I'm really excited to finally be sitting here. I've got my headphones on, I've got all my notes, um, and I'm bringing you a new episode. So Joe and I just got back from our first trip to Montauk of the season, and we hosted our friends Sylvia and Chris at our house for the weekend. It was both of their first times visiting, so we kind of took them to all of our favorite spots, we ate lots of good food, drank way too much wine, and we just enjoyed the weather, which we totally looked out on because it has been awful here in New York. I want to preface today's episode with a little confession, that confession being that I had every intention of bringing my friend Sylvia from Her Name is Sylvia on the episode and God, did we try and make it work? But I think between day drinking, wine before dinner, wine with dinner, wine after dinner, we realized about like 20 minutes into recording that it just was not going to happen. So I'm actually going to share a few unedited clips with you guys next, which I'm sure you'll get a kick out of. Um, and then we'll get to the grit of today's episode. All right. So the first um, question, I, I I obviously want to get into like the nitty gritty today, but the first thing that just, you know, for those of my followers who might not know you, I just want you to kind of tell them how you got started and like what the basis of your brand is. I actually... Right here. Right here. Okay. Right here. Thank you, Danielle. Here. Thanks. No, stop putting it so close to your face. Here. So when I was... Pregnant with my son. Okay. All right. So when I was pregnant with my son, when I was pregnant, I loved fashion. I loved styling. I actually used to go to school for fashion. (laughs) (laughs) When I was pregnant with Cameron. So actually when I was pregnant with Cameron, I begged Chris because Chris didn't want to take pictures. (laughs) I was pregnant with Cameron. No, you are not starting it from the beginning. I'm going to kill you. I can't even. Okay, so now that we have that spiel out of the way that took about 67 times to record. The last one was the best take <laughs> and nobody knows. Oh my god. Are you okay? <laughs> Things were punching me in the face with your microphone. <laughs> kid like I did not know career <laughs> I was like I need something to do okay now I'm gonna be a blogger you know what I mean yes okay throw your hands up if you feel me hey, hey. so now that I've given you my proof that our first attempt at a podcast guest was in fact not successful 
I'm going to run solo today and we'll pick back up again, maybe like in a few weeks and, uh, I'll try and bring another guest on in a few episodes or so. So without further ado, let's get into today, which is all about Pinterest. So here's the thing. I feel like for a lot of us, Pinterest is one of those platforms that we all know has potential and that we often hear people talk all about. They're saying, um, Pinterest is so important. It's such a major traffic driver. If you're not doing Pinterest the right way, you're doing yourself a major disservice. But along with all of these thoughts comes this ambiguity about how to do Pinterest as a blogger and how to do it right. And I think a lot of the time we end up questioning ourselves instead of just setting out and doing it and seeing how it goes. So the reason that I'm telling you this is because of course there are tips, tricks, strategies, things to know that you might need to dig a little below the surface to find out. But at the end of the day, you also have to see what works for you. And I feel like I say this a lot, you've heard it before, and I stress it because I don't ever want you to think that I'm sitting here preaching a one-size-fits-all when it comes to blogging. I want you to always take the information that I share with you and use it as kind of your foundational skills and then put those skills into practice the way you know how with the strategies that you've tweaked for yourself and your brand. That being said, what I'm going to share with you today is a set of skills to set your Pinterest up in the right way for your brand whether your ultimate goal is to be increasing page views on your blog, driving product sales to your affiliate network, driving traffic to a course signup page, etc., etc. So let's get into it. First things first, before you start pinning and creating and doing all of that fun stuff, which by the way, do you love Pinterest? Because I honestly love Pinterest. I could just like, when I wake up in the morning on the weekend or when I'm like half watching a TV show, I am always scrolling on Pinterest on my phone. I honestly think it's so much fun. And yes, it's a job. And yes, I'm, I have to do it with a, a certain lens and certain strategies in mind, but I, I just, I really enjoy Pinterest. Before you get to all that fun stuff, you have to get to the important stuff and you have to get that out of the way, which is A, switching to Pinterest for business and B, applying for rich pins. Pinterest for business is just like having an Instagram business account and with it, you're granted access to this incredible, awesome analytics dashboard that really gives you a valuable look into the behaviors of your visitors and your followers which pins are going viral, what types of boards are people saving your pins to, what are the majority of users interacting with your boards interested in, and having access to all of these insights, as with any type of insights dashboards, helps you cater your content to what you know that your audience is going to interact with. I'm not going to get into it really deep here because Pinterest has actually laid it out all for you. So you could get all of the info about switching to Pinterest for business and the instructions um, right over at business.pinterest.com. So moving on to that next pre-step, applying for rich pins. So essentially a rich pin is a pin that displays extra information more than a non-rich pin would to your readers. So AKA they're helping you improve your reader's experience by telling pinners what your article or recipe or product is about. Rich pins also embed a call to action directly into the pin. And what that allows readers to do is 
see your full post with one click or follow you on Pinterest. And again, a non-rich pin doesn't allow you to do that. It's basically creating um, a better user experience and an easier user experience for your visitors and followers. And not to mention rich pins are also more aesthetically appealing and professional looking. And so statistically, rich pins get recognized more. And of course, we know that more recognition equals more repins. So I will say the process of applying for rich pins can be a little difficult. I won't lie. And I say this just because it takes a few extra steps on the back end of your blog that can be a little bit confusing. Um, But here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to put the exact directions I'm going to walk you through to apply for rich pins right in our Facebook group. And if you guys have questions, you can let me know. I am not Pinterest, so I don't know all of the end all be all, but I think I know enough to be able to walk you through if you're having a little bit of trouble. So look out for that in our Facebook group. If you're not a member and you're brand new and you're just tuning in, you can join our Facebook group right over at bit dot ly slash blogging unscripted on fb so i like to kind of think of switching to pinterest for business and applying for rich pins as sort of precursors to getting started with pinterest so you got to do those first get them out of the way but i didn't want to not mention them because they are really really important to building that pinterest foundation now i want to transition into your actual pinterest page And what I love about this part is that it's really not hard to set up and it honestly does not take a lot of time. Of course, over time, you may make small tweaks to your page here and there, but this next part is kind of a set it and forget it strategy, which as a blogger and someone who is literally juggling like 50 things at once, 24 seven, set it and forget it strategies are gold. Really quick, uh, this week's quick tip is actually all about writing an SEO-friendly Pinterest bio, which we're going to talk about in a a, a second. So side note, quick tips are actually a brand new part of the Blogging Unscripted podcast, and we're only a few in. I think this is going to be number three, but I have some really great ones lined up over the next few weeks. And so what quick tips are, are a fast and furious email blast every Monday. They're quick reads, all under two minutes, and they are covering A to Z blogging. So from Instagram story hacks to photography tips, pitching secrets, engagement boosting strategies, Quick tips are kind of like my way of delivering these small little bits of information, uh, valuable information to you in between podcast episodes or just as I learn them and want to share them and as they come up. So to sign up for quick tips, if you're not already signed up, you can simply visit bit.ly slash come say hi. And what that's going to do is it's going to take you to my subscribe page. And so you'll enter your name, you'll enter your email, and what you need to make sure to do is check off blogging tips. Of course, you could check off newsletter and new posts, but the quick tips will only be sent to my blogging tips list. So just make sure that you have those checked off if you want to receive them. So an SEO-friendly Pinterest bio, what does that mean? We've talked about this in previous episodes, but if you're just tuning in, in short, SEO which stands for search engine optimization, is basically this methodology of techniques used to increase the number of visitors to a website by obtaining this high-ranking placement in the search results page of a search engine like Google or Bing or Yahoo. So 
SEO, I always say this and I will always say this because I'm not an SEO expert. It can seem overwhelming. Um, but the thing, the good news is, is that for Pinterest with the implementation of a few really simple tricks, you'll find that you can double, even triple your traffic to your Pinterest page by making your content more available or SEO friendly to people searching for a particular topic on Pinterest. When it comes to your Pinterest bio, the truth is it's kind of an easy thing to overlook. When I first wrote my bio, I literally copied and pasted the blurb that I used for all of my social media channels. Cohesive branding, right? Wrong. So the thing about Pinterest is that although it's considered a quote unquote social media platform, it's really more accurately suited as a search engine. So let's just think about that for a second. You need a fun and festive table set up for your next dinner party, Google or Pinterest. You want to know how to style a new pair of bike shorts that you've just purchased that are in trend this season, Google or Pinterest. You're looking for some new inspiration for your new home office design, Google or Pinterest. The answer is always Pinterest, guys. People are utilizing Pinterest every day to conduct keyword searches and writing an SEO-friendly bio rich with keywords is really a foolproof way to bring more traffic to your page. Since we're looking at Pinterest as a search engine, you have to think about keywords that people are going to be searching and how they relate to your content. So instead of something like fashion blogger, think modern fashion, bohemian fashion, street style, rather than beauty blog, think makeup hacks, skincare tips, or new beauty trends. Instead of food blogger, think easy weeknight recipes, 30 minute meals, or healthy snacks. Actionable strategy. To really hone in on your keywords, first think about a few umbrella keywords or general keywords that describe your brand. So let's take the umbrella keyword of makeup, for example. That's like a general, it's like a really broad general word. Type that word into your Pinterest search bar to see the more specific keywords associated with makeup. So for example, when I type that in, I get makeup ideas, makeup tutorial, and makeup organization as the top related keywords to makeup. And if any of those related or more specific keywords pertain to your brand, use them to your advantage. You have to kind of go backwards and see what are people searching for and see how you can use those to your benefit. So I want you to do this keyword check for three to five words that you use to describe your brand and then incorporate those related keywords into your Pinterest bio. So to just give you a quick example, here is what my Pinterest bio currently reads. New York-based life and style blogger bringing you a mix of summer fashion trends, graphic design inspiration, blonde balayage, blogging tips, and home decor ideas. When you say that all together in a sentence, it kind of sounds jumbled. It's not, it doesn't really flow perfectly. But remember, we just need to put those keywords in there so people who are visiting your Pinterest page know what they're getting. People who are searching for those keywords will find you. Using those keywords in your Pinterest bio is going to help register your profile in search results. So if someone pops onto Pinterest to search blogging tips, Pinterest algorithm is going to make them more likely to come across your profile containing what that user is searching for. 
And of course, once they get there, it's up to them to determine if they want to stay. But I feel like just that process of getting there in the first place got a little bit easier. Let's move on to your pin board. So on Pinterest, you have to drop the notion that your Pinterest page is for you. You can keep your secret boards for that and pin all of your crock pot recipes, but we are not going to do that on your public page because what you need to realize is that if you're looking at Pinterest through a business lens, Pinterest is for your readers. Your goal is to bring them to your page, provide content they're going to invest in, content that they're going to engage with, and drive them to your blog, to shop a product, to your course sign up, whatever that ultimate goal may be. So your Pinterest page, it's, it's actually kind of similar to your website in some ways. People visit a homepage and they have this visual experience where they have the options to navigate to specific content and then they can choose to interact by it with reading it, sharing it, shopping it. And what I'm kind of getting at here is that just like your blog homepage, your Pinterest page has to be organized and it has to be visual. By nature, Pinterest is a visual platform with a heavy focus on aesthetics that play a major role in capturing the interest of the pinner and determining whether or not to interact with that said pin content. So I want you to take a look at your homepage on Pinterest and ask yourself, does my page give off an aesthetically pleasing vibe that portrays an accurate representation of my personal brand? And if you find anything on your page that you're giving a thumbs down, delete it. Delete your pins, delete your boards, delete everything that doesn't align with that ideal reader or your aesthetic. You have to remember here that in listening to this episode and following these strategies and trying to build this really strong foundation, you're rebuilding your Pinterest page and you're trying to rebuild with a rock solid foundation. And so I don't want you to sweat getting rid of the stuff that's not going to serve you down the road. So if some of your pin boards feel like they're whittled down to nothing, you're going to build them back up. And it's all part of the process. So once you've stripped that page down to the content that you really know is going to serve your readers, it's important to revisit SEO to make a few tweaks. So start with your board titles and then move on to your board descriptions and think about umbrella keywords like makeup and related keywords like makeup organization, beauty hacks, etc. Those umbrella keywords or general keywords are going to translate to your board titles, while the related keywords are going to translate to your board descriptions. As a tip, one or two word short phrases work best as if you were conducting a web search. So for example, if my board title is fall style inspiration, my board description would read fall style inspiration dash fall fashion neutrals, cozy style, and chunky sweaters. And again, these are all part of building that really strong foundation that you're going to be able to set and forget once you are done. And of course, keep in mind that your keywords that you are using for your board descriptions should, of course, describe what you're pinning. So don't throw in chunky sweaters if you have 
all black fitted cardigans for your fall style. So I'm sure you know what I mean by that. I want to shift gears a little bit and just move on to your actual pins because once your Pinterest page is set up, and that's so important to set it up, but once it's there, your content is your real moneymaker. So I want to just kind of go down a few quick tips to keep in mind when you're pinning. Number one, always edit your pin descriptions to create a keyword-rich description, which will boost your pin's SEO. Use hashtags and brand mentions where it's relevant. And this is honestly how I get a lot of repins on sites like Lauren Conrad, Urban Outfitters, Who, What, Where. Keyword rich descriptions, hashtags, and brand tags combined are three major, major factors in discoverability. So pinning tip number two, optimize your pin content for Pinterest feed with a two by three aspect ratios. And what I mean by that is no horizontal or square pins. Get rid of them. Don't pin them. I don't want to see them. You shouldn't want to see them. For example, your size for your pins should be at a two by three aspect ratio. So that translates to 600 pixels by 900 pixels. And you can kind of jot, jot that down. It's super simple to do right from Canva or Photoshop. And so what I do is before pinning any images, I always convert them to make sure that they are optimally sized. So not only are they optimal for Pinterest, but they all are the same size and they, it's just a nicer, cleaner look. Pinning tip number three, pinning a higher volume of pins per day doesn't necessarily translate to more engagement. While Pinterest algorithm obviously wants to see that you're active, it places a higher priority on how your pins are performing. So that whole notion of pin as many as you can every day, just pin, 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 it's not really true. I mean, you can do it if you want to, if you love to do it, do it. It's not going to hurt you, but you don't have to bend over backwards to pin what feels like an eternity of pins per day. I personally pin between 10 to 20 pins per day. It's just what works for me, and I schedule them all through Tailwind. And I know a lot of people are, but for those of you who are not familiar with Tailwind, Tailwind is basically just an online Pinterest scheduling platform, and it's equipped with a personalized dashboard and a little browser extension that allows you to schedule your pins and monitor your content and see your analytics all in one place. I personally choose to invest in Tailwind because it's like having my own personal Pinterest marketing department. I put in a little bit of time into scheduling every few weeks, and then I just kind of set it and forget it and let Tailwind do the rest. So I won't go dive deep into Tailwind here, but if you want to learn more, I'm going to share an affiliate link with you. And what it does is it gets you a free month of Tailwind to check it out, try it out, see if you like it. And so you can visit bit dot ly slash try out tailwind so t-r-y-o-u-t-t-a-i-l-w-i-n-d so let's move on number four pinning tip number four um, to piggyback off of your top performing pins it's important to use your analytics to your advantage see what's performing well what are people loving what are they repinning constantly and continue to repin those top pins if you are already getting the exposure, keep pushing it. It's only going to help those pins go viral more and more and more. Tip number five, lighten your workload by repurposing your pins. So 
10 pins a day in my instance means 70 new pins a week, which means 280 pins per month. And that's a lot of new content to dig up. And so what I do is I repurpose my pins that are already there. So to repurpose your pins, what you can do is move a handful of pins from board A to a secret board. And as you schedule your daily pins, schedule the pins from your secret board to pin back to board A. And this is a little different from just moving them out of board A and moving them back in because what you're doing is you're moving them out of board A to your secret board so they're not duplicated. You're taking them out, period. And then you're pinning them back to board A as new pins. And so that's what we call repurposing. Pinning tip number six is to utilize group boards. I have gotten asked the question a lot when people are asking about Pinterest, whether or not group boards are worth joining. And the honest answer is it depends. Group boards can be beneficial if you found the right one. If you choose to join a group board, the pins in that board should also align with your ideal reader and the type of content that you know that they're engaging with. And that can honestly sometimes be hard to find. Of course, group boards, they mean more brand exposure, more eyes on your product, increased followers if you're the group board's creator. But if you're not in the right group board, you might find yourself dealing with things like spammy pinning, a board that might not align with your aesthetic visually, and your pins kind of getting lost in a sea of thousands of others. And so what I'm saying here is just choose wisely when it comes to group boards. Pin Groupie is a website that you can actually use to search for thousands of group boards on Pinterest by title or category. Um, but And I do recommend that, but what I recommend over that is putting out the word or using the search function in any blogging-related Facebook groups. A lot of times what people will do is that they'll post that they're looking for new contributors, and it's it can be a great place to start that's within your niche and with people that are already in your community. So unlike the creativity that comes with Instagram and blog posts, in my opinion, I feel like Pinterest can sometimes feel a little routine. This group of pins is going to this board. This group of pins is going to that board. Find new pins and repeat the process. And that routine is okay. It almost makes it easier in a sense because once you build a foundation and get the momentum going, you can hit cruise control. So of course, a part of that Pinterest strategy is that consistent growth. And so here are a few ways that I attract new followers to my Pinterest page. Number one, stay active on Pinterest. Tailwind actually does this for me, um, but I will also always pop in myself and pin a few extra images when I have the time. Like I said before, I love Pinterest. I enjoy it. So when I'm sitting there and bored and scrolling, I just try to stay active when I can and when I remember it. Number two, optimize your website pins by creating clean graphics with an attention-grabbing title. Make sure that you're creating a graphic for every blog post you publish. Number three, start your own group board. By doing this, what's going to happen is your board is going to appear on every board contributor's Pinterest page, and every one of their followers who chooses to follow it now becomes your follower too. So that can be a huge way to gain new eyes on your page. Number four, promote your pins. Every so often when I create a post that I know is going to garner repins and engagement, I'm like, oh, this is good. I know people are going to like it. 
um, but I need a bigger audience to do so with, what I'll do is I'll boost that pin for a few weeks to kickstart the repins. And then once the promotion has ended, I'll continue to see that engagement roll in. So you do not have to spend an arm and a leg. I will promote a pin for like 20, 30, 40, $50. I mean, of course, Pinterest is going to tell you, people are going to tell you the more you earn, the more you're going to see, but it doesn't always have to be this huge number that you're investing in a promoted post. Try it out, see if it works, see if it's for you. And for me, spending just a little bit every once in a while works. So you might find the same thing for you. Number five, backlink your pins from your website. Backlinking to your pins is, I feel like, one of the most underestimated marketing strategies out there and one that you should really be doing regularly as you publish new blog posts. The strategy of backlinking is simply placing a link in a blog post that links back to another post or page on your blog. So within my posts, what I'll usually do is I'll find a place and I'll add a link or two to a previous post or one of my shop pages, which leads to more time spent on my blog and more exposure. And so the thought of backlinking my pins and pin boards in addition to my posts and pages had never crossed my mind until while ago, a while, a, lo- a while back, I linked one of my Pinterest boards in a post and I literally watched the follows and repins roll in. And I was like, why am I not doing this? So it's a great way to get your Pinterest page in front of your readers when they may not have otherwise taken the time to seek it out. Jeez, that is a content overload, guys. I feel like we covered a lot from start to finish in terms of setting up and using your Pinterest account. And so let's wrap it and let's move on to the q and I'm going to give you my spiel as I always do. Remember that if you have questions for upcoming episodes, the best way for me to keep track is always in our Facebook group. I'll usually post a topic thread a few weeks or a week before recording an episode and make sure that I either A, weave the questions into the episode or B, answer them here as a part of our Q&A. And so you can join right over at bit dot ly slash blogging unscripted on fb so question number one comes from jenna and she asks are group boards worth the time i've joined so many at this point how much of what you share should be your content versus others so as i mentioned earlier it's really important to be selective with group boards i'm not quite sure jenna how many you're referring to when you say so many but as a rule of thumb i personally keep my group boards under five This number can look different for you, but that's just what I do. I feel like when group boards crowd your Pinterest page, they can take away from your content. So just keep that in mind. In terms of what you're sharing on group boards, I would say that if the content within the group boards is relevant to your page and your pins, go for it. I personally never click into my group boards and share. I instead just focus on sharing my content and that's just part of my personal Pinterest strategy. So question number two, Kayla says, I heard to use words on pins and I also heard that words hurt you. So which is best? And Kayla, by words, I'm guessing that what you're referring to is visual graphics here. And so my answer is that it's important to use a little bit of both. Unless you're in a really specific niche that only caters to a certain type of content that you're trying to promote on Pinterest, 
it's important to find a happy medium and show a bit of balance between content and aesthetic. So for example, if I publish a new post about the espadrille trend for spring, what I'll do is I'll pin my photos and then I'll also pin a graphic that might say 2019's best espadrille finds. So let's move on. Question number three comes from Jillian and she asks, how do you utilize tribes on Tailwind? Also, any best practices for pinning faster with Tailwind? It still takes a chunk of time. So about Tailwind tribes, a Tailwind tribe is very much like a group board. While your pins are in Tailwind's draft mode, as you're getting ready to schedule them, you have the option to share them to a Tailwind tribe. What this does is it simply puts your pin into that tribe or group, and it allows other Tailwind users who are a part of that tribe to schedule your pin on their boards, thus repinning it. In terms of best Tailwind practices, I do agree that the Tailwind extension can be a little tedious. And so what I like to do is I I love secret boards for Tailwind. So I create a secret board and I will pin a large group of images all at once to that board. So that's kind of like their holding board. So for example, I will go on Pinterest and I will literally just scroll through my feed. I see a hairpin, I pin it to the secret board. I see a beauty pin, I pin it to the secret board. I'll keep going until I amass maybe about 40 pins and then I'll stop and cap it for that board. And the reason that I say 40 is I I typically like to try to keep it to 40 and under per secret board because when it comes time to use that Tailwind extension and schedule that group all at once, 40 seems to be the max that the extension will grab all in one shot. And this makes the process a little bit easier for me because it allows me to use that secret board to hold those pins and then schedule them all in bulk. I also recommend taking advantage of the board lists in the Tailwind dashboard. What a board list is, it's basically a way for you to create a shortcut of a group of boards that you could pin to all at once instead of typing them in individually. So for example, for my style-focused pins, I have a board list that with one click schedules them to be pinned to all of my fashion group boards and then any relevant seasonal boards. So For those of you not well-versed in Tailwind, I'm sorry, this might sound like a little bit of gibberish, but I do know a lot of you also use it. Again, if you want to try it out for a month and just see how it is, see if it works for you, you can visit bit.ly slash tryouttailwind. So we're going to move on to our last question from Abby, and this is a great question. So she says, how do you go from views to clicks? Lots of my pins have tons of views, but very few clicks. The one thing that's going to turn those views into actionable engagement is your content. Is it clickable? If you're using a graphic, is it clean, modern? Are your titles clear? Are your titles enticing? Is it easy on the eye if you're scrolling through an app? And if you're using a picture, is it aesthetically pleasing? People are scrolling through Pinterest to find two things helpful tips, and pretty pictures. And so at the end of the day, you just have to keep that in the back of your mind and you have to cater to that. And I feel like if you keep that in mind and if you really adhere to it, you're going to see those views convert into clicks. So we're going to wrap here for today's episode. If you still have questions, you know that I'm always here. You can let me know by sending me a DM on Instagram, at blogging unscripted, or you can post your question to our running Q&A 
in the Blogging Unscripted Facebook group. And if you're not a member, one more time, you can join right over at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on Facebook. All of you guys who take the 60 seconds to click out of the episode and into the rating and give me a rating, um, give me a review, subscribe to the podcast. It honestly makes such a difference and it means so much. It kind of um, allows my podcast to get in front of people who want this information and need this information and might not have otherwise discovered it. So thank you guys for doing this. If you haven't rate reviewed and subscribed yet, take a minute. It would really mean a lot. And I so appreciate you doing it. Make sure to come say hi. Follow me on Instagram at Danielle Gervino at Blogging Unscripted. I can hear it in my voice. I'm getting so tired. It is dinner time. It is sweats time. So I will see you guys for our next episode. Chat soon. <laughs>